You're listening to Firm Up, the fermented food podcast, where we get together every week to discuss anything and everything fermented. This is episode 51, and I'm your host, Brandon. Allison's not with us today, but there is still an us. I am joined by Tara Witsit of Fermentation on Wheels. Welcome. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am. I'm doing I'm doing great. And I I am excited to have you on the show because as soon as I saw your project or however you want to describe it, I was I was very intrigued. Um, and so just so you can just describe it yourself. I mean, I, like I, I kind of see things online about you as being like an educator, an artist and an activist. Mm-hmm. So how does that all get incorporated into into fermentation and in this bus that you have? Well, I have practiced fermentation for a long time. I use education as a tool in raising awareness about food justice, uh, fermentation, greener, more sustainable practices, organic farming, sustainable farming, And the school bus idea kind of came about in May of 2013. And it just kind of manifested from then on out. It was uh, an idea I had that I didn't actually think would, would come to life. And then I started drawing pictures of a bus and all my ferments and I I've been drawing for a long time. I've been an artist just, I'd say most of my life I've been artistically driven and it turned into something that was much bigger and it was beginning to have kind of legs of its own, a life of its own. And then I, I just moved forward and I started shopping for school buses in June. I found my bus in July and from then on out, I just, I was working really hard to get the bus together, put a tour together, get on the road and then start spreading the word about fermentation. And I had been teaching workshops on fermentation in Eugene before leaving as well. And so you have put together this bus. Did you uh, retrofit it in any any sense or right now, are you just working with a bus that you that you found somehow. How does one find a a bus, by the way? (laughs) Well, in Oregon, there's kind of a school bus living subculture, I would say. And it's not way too difficult to just do a Craigslist search in Eugene or Portland and have lots of school buses show up that have already been converted. So my bus had been converted about two decades prior to me buying it. And the woman who lived in it the 10 years before I bought it, she grew up on school buses. And so she kind of, you know, she had lived the life in school buses and she lives in a more rural part of Oregon now. So she decided to sell it. My bus has had a bathroom, shower. These are, I'm working on a lot of renovations right now. I'm actually visiting my parents in Houston, Texas, but 
it had a kitchen, it has propane, it has plumbing. What I did before leaving Eugene, I put a, a wood burning stove in for heat. And I also built a fermentation station, which is a double decker uh, station. The first tier holds all of my wines. It holds four or five gallon carboys eight one-gallon containers and several gallons and several 750-milliliter bottles. And the second tier is all food. And I have uh, 12 one-gallon crocs and space for two two two-gallon crocs and then lots of space for quart jars. So that was that was the priority before leaving was completing that station so that I would be able to have my production space. And the first two thirds of the bus has been retrofitted by me to be an actual workshop kitchen space. Okay, so you'll be doing the workshops on the bus. I do the workshops on the bus. I do them at venues as well. The way it works, I mean, it's kind of up to the people I collaborate with. I get in touch with a lot of organizations before I arrive in cities. Uh, A lot of them are venues that do host workshops. If it's more beneficial that I do it at their space instead of on the bus, I'll do that. For example, one of my first big workshops was in downtown San Francisco. Uh, Getting my bus in downtown San Francisco, parking it is not an easy thing. So I actually brought everything I needed for the workshop to the space and did it in the space. Whereas if I'm at a farm or just in a a city place, a city space where there's room for parking, I'll go ahead and set up on the bus. And I'll also, if, if a venue prefers, I do it inside, do my workshop inside Sometimes I can park the bus outside and then I'll do a tour at the end of the workshop. So this, this, this bus, um, the thing about heat that's, uh, using, using wood fluctuating Mm -hmm. temperature to a certain extent. Um, and then just in general traveling around the country, do you, or, or are you planned for fluctuation in temperature? Are you just going to kind of, uh, swing with it and see how your ferments turn out over time of traveling given that you don't have as, as consistent of temperature or, or climate. Yeah. Fluctuation has been a great difficulty. I mean, you know, in the winter, this winter, it's been really hard. I light a fire every night that I'm on the bus with my ferments. Uh, right now it's, you know, a special case because I am with, I am with family and I, yeah, the first thing I did when I got here was I took all of my ferments out of my station. I brought them inside because this is kind of a time for them to recoup and get more life into them as far as being in a more stable environment where the bus, it's, yeah, it's definitely warmer than usual in the evening for them and then cool during the day. So that's that has been a hard aspect. And then as far as moving around, some of the ferments do not thrive. Other ferments do. My um, wine enjoys agitation. So that's been all right for my wine. But 
kombucha, for example, hates it. And I rarely ever get a full grown scope mother when I'm using, when I'm doing kombucha on the bus, which, which is difficult and it will actually ferment. I will get kombucha ultimately, but I don't have that mother, which I really enjoy having because part of my practice is trading cultures. So often if I'm not, or if I'm not trading it, I'll give cultures away to people and people are very interested in kombucha. And if I don't have a mother to give them, I mean, people really look forward to having a kombucha mom. So Sure. sure. And, and so with kombucha, it's really is the agitation that's the issue. It's not your temperature fluctuations or different things like that. Um, it's mostly agitation, I would say. I mean, the temperature fluctuation doesn't help for sure. But that makes sense. I mean, I guess I hadn't really thought about it because there's certain ferments like, say, you know, a Bulgarian yogurt that agitation really doesn't help. But I've never thought of agitating or not agitating uh, kombucha because a little bit of movement seems like it's fine, but how much movement is it getting? I mean, is it like, like what I remember riding a school bus as a kid, uh, like in the, in the back or whatnot, like uh, bouncing (laughs) up and down, or is it more stable once these things are lived in? Uh, yeah, it's just as bumpy as when you were a kid going to school and my bus is a 1986 international. It's a full size, 40 foot and the back is very bumpy. Luckily the station is ahead of the, the back wheels, but I mean, they, they still get agitated pretty heavily. So, you know, that's not always so fun for a lot of the ferments. So, but you're still making it work. And, um, are those the main things that you're, you're, you're making kombucha and wine and I'm assuming vegetables, uh, ferments. Is there anything beyond that, that you're, you're fermenting currently or are considering fermenting in the future? Well, I have miso on the bus. I've, so I really enjoy making miso. I do a lot of kimchi. I do a lot of kraut. I do a lot of fusions of the two. Um, I do kefir, and sourdough. I do both dairy and water kefir. Um, and yeah, that's, those are the main things on the bus right now. As far as future planning, I don't have, I don't have any specific ferments planned at this moment. I mean, I do lacto ferments with vegetables, like, I just did a carrot ferment last week in Elgin, Texas at a farm. Um, I enjoy pickles, kind of whatever is in season. I will, I will ferment. So. And uh, for the ones, the vegetables, that makes a lot of sense because if you're going around to these farms, then you have readily available um, produce to use most likely, but things like uh, for your kefir, are you, is it difficult sometimes to, to, to keep that going on the road? Or, I mean, are you just getting milk at a gas station on, on, uh, as you're driving through? (laughs) Well, no, I, I stay well connected to farmers through my travels and I am always, I mean, every time I land on a place and I'm there for longer than two days, I'm asking about raw milk hookups and I use primarily raw milk. I really enjoy goat milk, but I use cow as well. 
Um, but yeah, I I stay very tuned in with where the good food is on my travels. It's super important to keep, I mean, to keep my cultures healthy too. And like keeping really good water on the bus too. I always, I always keep five to 10 gallons of water stocked, purified water. Um, salt of course is very important and sugar. And, and so how are people, uh, responding to this, this so far? I mean, do, uh, are people, do you find that the responding specifically to the fact that you're on wheels and uh, going around the country or just fermentation in general? I mean, are these people that are completely new to fermentation? What kind of, like the, the people that are attending your, your, your workshop so far, what's been their experience or your experience of them? Well, I mean, there's a great mix from novice to expert interested in the bus and interested in fermentation specifically i think it's definitely exciting and interesting that i do it on a bus and this is kind of you know the bus is i guess an alternative method of of educating people it's like adding something fun into the mix it's like this space that's outfitted to as an as a workshop space right and it's not a common kind of space being on a school bus, but it works and it's fun and it's interesting. And yeah, people do love that. But I would say everyone who is coming to the bus, if they're coming, they're either very interested in fermentation or they're arriving by chance and they're immediately becoming interested in fermentation. Do you have any uh, sense do you think it's going to uh, change as you go across the the country in different areas? I mean, do you um, are you thinking that maybe you, there will be less interest in certain areas, or do you really just think that people are there's there's enough people that can come out of the woodworks that are interested about fermentation across the country? I definitely think there are enough people in the woodworks, and I think that this is a great year for fermenters everywhere. I was just discussing this with a friend last night. Um, who also works in the field of fermentation. And, you know, it's just there are more fermentation festivals popping up across the country. I am having an incredibly easy time booking all of my workshops through Mississippi. Um, I'm completely booked up throughout, throughout the end of February. I've got, I've got dates in New Orleans, Jackson, Oxford, Starkville. It's pretty exciting. I, I think, you know, the enthusiasm from Mississippi has been really, really exciting for me because it's just not a place that a lot of people imagine. I mean, even myself would imagine fermentation would have a huge following and people are very, very interested there. That's exciting. And then, so then you're going to continue wrapping around up the East and then uh, come through the Midwest or um, do you have exact plan? I do. I have a schedule online on my website. It's www.fermentationonwheels.com. And there's a link to the schedule. Um, And yeah, exactly. I'm wrapping along the East Coast. I will come inland a bit after 
I guess I'm going Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, or I'm going to the Carolinas, then over to Tennessee. So actually I'll go east, then over, and then back towards the east coast through West Virginia, Virginia, uh, Maryland, D.C., Pennsylvania, New Jersey, New York. Massachusetts, Vermont, Maine, and then I'll go through, I'll go back down through upstate New York, West Pennsylvania, and then on through the Midwest and eventually go back home to Eugene, Oregon. Hopefully I'll be home by the fall. I say hopefully, I mean, if things change, then I'm happy to embrace those changes. But yeah, that's, that's the route as planned and the timing as well. And I have the timing and places all in my schedule as well. Most of it is tentative right now, but I do have, like I said, dates through Mississippi end of February. So I'm looking at this right now and, and uh, I see that like you're describing, some of them are, are, are set with, with specific dates and some of them are just the, the states that you'll be in. Are you taking requests? Like say if someone is listening and they see that you're going to be in their state in a certain month uh, and they're like, Hey, are you going to come to such and such city? Or are you really going to stick to say just cities of a certain size or, or do you have any set specifics for that? I, I do change schedule if someone contacts me and I do have people and it, it says in the schedule as well, actually, if you would like to, you know, request a visit and book book us for for a workshop, please contact info at Fermentation on Wheels. And I get a lot of people contacting me and I'm working hard to accommodate a lot of those requests because I believe it's really important. I mean, especially if for example, someone in New York is contacting me right now, well, I have three or four months to actually plan for that. So, you know, I'm definitely going to go out of my way for people who are excited about the bus and learning about what I'm doing and learning about fermentation. And so when you get done with this tour, and it may be too soon to say, where will you be doing it again? Or what's going to happen to your bus then afterwards? Are you going to continue to live in your bus in Oregon? I will. Yeah, I will likely be in, I'll, I'll stay in Eugene for probably a month and just visit friends, make a lot of food with, with my friends, have a lot of big community meals. I have a, an intentional community I'm looking forward to going home to and spending time with. And then I will probably take my bus to rural Oregon west of Eugene in the Deadwood Greenleaf Blakely area, which is where I first lived when I moved to Oregon. And I'll I'll kind of just be farming and working on helping farmers get their their crops together for the spring. And then I I'm hoping to go to Northern California and the Bay Area shortly after. And I have some events 
that I'm looking forward to in 2015 in the Bay Area. So that's on the plan for for when I get back. And there's also a festival I'm interested in attending in fall of 2015 that's in Tumacacari, Arizona, with a really incredible eco-village that I spent Christmas with. And I'm looking forward to that as well. So I've got, I've definitely got a lot in the works that involve the bus and me and the future of fermentation on wheels. What I'm hoping for is to actually, actually get licensed, registered as a non nonprofit and then have several regional buses so that other people can travel in the different regions going to farms, helping with harvests, fermenting food, teaching, doing workshops in cities. And I definitely think in the next two to three years, that's something that's possible. Now, now with this, this whole focus on, on farming and on food, as far as I understand, you're not uh, originally a farmer, or at least not, uh, or ha- weren't. I mean, you were in, in New York for a while, correct? Am I correct I on that? Was. So what uh, was that, um, is if your parents are in, in Texas and was that something that you just did for a while and then decided you, you missed, uh, country life or otherwise more so, or, or did you live there for a long time and then just need to get away from the city? How did that side come? Sorry. I, uh, I grew up in a very urban environment, my whole youth. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe I've had six month to a year stretches where I studied during college in places that were less urban like, but, um, otherwise I was in New York before Oregon. I was in Philadelphia before that I was in Houston and yeah, I guess most of, I mean, the reason that I started working the land and got into farming it's just been my fascination and complete obsession with food and there was a point in New York I was just really not satisfied with how far I felt from my food and I was you know I was just so into fermentation my kitchen was practically a lab I had I had tons of food going and I was just like, I could take this to a higher level and I could go someplace where I can grow my own food and I, I get to grow what I want and harvest the things I love and work with people who are actually connected to what I'm doing. And that, that spurred me going to Oregon. I flew to Oregon and I, I started uh, traveling to, well, I traveled to a lot of different farms and communities and I, it was kind of just looking for a place to go to that would give me the ability to get closer to my food. And so once I found that place, which was in, in Deadwood, Oregon, where I'll be going back to when I get home, I, I, uh, decided, okay, I'm, going to go home and pack all my things and get moving. And that's just how it started. And when I got there, I fell in love with the scenery. I was able to be close to nature, which 
I've been close to nature on and off throughout my life, but I've always, I've always had a profound connection with it. And so being able to actually live in that environment, I thrived greatly. And, you know, I, I want to, I want to be in those environments more often, which is a big reason why I also emphasize you know, staying with farms along my route, it, it's kind of a way of keeping me sane. You know, I get to stay close to the food. And then when I'm in cities, it, it can be a little difficult. And that's, you know, that's when it comes in that education is really important because I am, I'm in a really good place when I educate too. So yeah, I've, I've made a full 180 from from my past to my present, the way I'm, I'm living my life. And and with food being, um, being important. And I mean, it is, is for me as well. And, and fermentation is kind of the path that I've gone. And it sounds like, I mean, obviously with the bus and everything that it's also a large part of your food journey. What do you think it is? Why, why fermentation? I mean, there's so many aspects to, to food and becoming uh, closer to food and, and understanding more about food and, and anyone's journey in that regard. Why would you say for yourself, it, fermentation is kind of where you're at, at least right now? Well, fermentation is incredibly fun. The scientific aspect, it's, I've always been very fascinated by it. It's also a super nutritious way to prepare food. I mean, you know, you're pretty much taking your, your food that was, let's say it's not lifeless beforehand, but you take it and you transform it into something that expresses nutrients you never knew it could have. And, you know, it's this traditional ancient practice that's being revived and there are these little microorganisms working in that food, doing something that's brilliant and fascinating. I mean, I, I guess that, that it's just brought a new life to food for me that I never thought that food could have before. And so did it go that way? Was fermentation your gateway into getting more connected with your, your food or was it vice versa? I've always been incredibly connected to my food ever, ever since a very young age. And I've, I've always been focused on nutrition, cooking. I, I learned how to cook when I was 10 years old. It's, you know, it's been something I I love to do. I, I love to work with my hands and, you know, being, being into food, it's also a way of expressing my art. I'm definitely a culinary artist as well. So, so it's it's uh, culinary art, but you also illustrate as as well, correct? I mean, I see some of your illustrations on your on your website. I do, I do illustrate. Um, did is that something that you've always done connected to uh, to nature and food, and has that been the draw to it, or or do you do other illustration as well? And this just happens to be what what is on your website do well i've done i've done a variety of different illustrations this is this is funny i've actually been illustrating for a little over a year and i didn't know i could draw until uh last january actually 
And I, I studied photography for many years and I've, I've done a lot of nature photography. A lot of it is more abstract and I work with medium and large format cameras. And then when I moved to Oregon and I was, I was working with food then I decided to take a, a drawing class just out of the blue at the community college in Eugene. And I, I was a very good drawer. I, I just, I got it. And so a lot of my drawings are focused on food and nature just because that was what was in my realm at the time. And it's a, it's a good fit. I mean, you've, you've got that aesthetic that's very food, very fermentation, um, it's got that feel to it. It's, uh, it's exciting. I'll make sure to put a link to that in the the show note too, about your, with your portfolio, at least from your website. Is that the best place for people to go to find, um, some of your illustration? Yeah, definitely. I also have a Tumblr that's tarawitsit.tumblr.com and I'll, I'll add that to my website. So it's accessible directly from there. And then with the illustration in mind too, I mean, you're also, at least on the website, it says that you have a, uh, a zine coming out soon or a series of them. Um, is that going to then be, I'm assuming illustrated as well? Yes, there, there will be many illustrations of mine and also of others in the zine. The first zine will be West coast themed and I have a lot of great recipes from individuals on the West coast. Uh, I have some interviews with fellow fermenters and then illustrations from people who just work in fermentation, who either own businesses or just are enthusiasts in general. And I'm very excited for that scene. And I'll be doing illustration for the, uh, the covers of the zines and I'll have a few illustrations throughout as well, but it's definitely meant to be a collaborative effort, something that builds community. And, you know, if, if you want to get involved, you're, you're welcome to, you're encouraged to. And these zines, where, where would someone uh, get these once they start coming out? Is this something that uh, will come along with the workshops or, um, I will have them on the bus and at the workshops. They'll, you know, obviously if if you're meeting me, then then you'll be able to get your hands on a zine. But um, there there will also be an online version, and where the online version is located, it will link to the Etsy site, and I'll have them for sale on the Etsy site. I'm not sure how much it's going to cost yet because I don't know the cost of the product of the materials, but, uh, that it will be at, it will be a very low price. I can assure, I can assure people. So yeah, that's coming out. I'm very excited. And we're actually, there's an interview with Austin Durant of the Fermenters Club in San Diego, which you know, Austin has been a really great inspiration for me on my journeys and great support as well. So looking forward to that and a great recipe of his that is, uh, it's a fennel ginger sauerkraut, which I just posted on the fermentation on wheels 
uh, Facebook yesterday. So yeah, lots of good recipes, lots of good people, lots of good art, good literature. It will be great. Well, and it, so it seems like you're educating, but you're also kind of a, a collector of sorts too. You're, I mean, you said uh, collecting uh, cultures and starters. That's definitely a part of it. Do you think, or maybe you already are experiencing that you will discover or, or find uh, from other people new and exciting ways of fermenting, be it just a technique or, or an entire food that you hadn't thought of before. I mean, are you hoping that that will be a part of the, the travels as as well? It um, is part of the travels. Yeah. It's, it's been incredible actually. I mean, in, in the Bay area, I had a host who I met very randomly and she, she was an incredible chef and she taught me this super interesting Lebanese dish. It's a fermented green tea salad. And you actually take the green tea and you ferment it in fish sauce and salt for a week. And then that is like the dressing for all of these toasted nuts and spices and cabbage and you mix it together. And it's like this incredibly flavorful fermented tea roasted nut dish. And it's just like, it's just incredible. And I never, you know, that was never on my list of things to learn how to ferment. And, you know, that, that was great. Dairy kefir. Dairy in general is pretty new to me, and I was introduced to dairy kefir in Arizona. Uh, I've I've collected a lot more cultures on my travels, and that's definitely part of the fun of this trip. And the fact that you know you're going through all of these places where culture starters are significant parts in people's cultures, and you're able to kind of bring that forward to the next place you go to and get other people interested in the history and story of that, of that culture. And then you're able to actually pass that history on as well as the culture. Okay. So that's another part of it is that you will be not only collecting cultures, but passing them. Yeah. Um, so that in the workshops, people, that's great. I mean, I think that that's super important because some of these cultures, especially some of the dairy cultures, because that's what I'm really familiar with. Um, you know, it's, they're, they're, they're not available everywhere, especially I'm sure some of the places you're going to go there that only be able to get them online. Um, or, or at least people aren't connected and they don't know those kind of things. So, I mean, you're kind of, uh, weaving this, this web of interconnectedness. Um, will you also, will it be something that, um, do you think you'll be able to build a, a national community as well? Because it sounds like you're, you're very practiced at the, uh, intentional communities, uh, in, in focus locally, do you think you'll have any challenge, um, stretching out and keeping in contact or, or whatever it would, uh, manifest into about, um, spreading from local to, to a national level? I feel that, I feel that, you know, currently what's, what's happening and what I'm doing is, is building, a national community, strengthening the national community of fermenters. At least that's, that's what I like to think. And I love that, that I can go to one place and then be redirected to another that's halfway 
across the states just based on you know recommendation of another and then and then you know further connecting with these people and maybe connecting them to the the last person I saw in a way that they didn't think they could be connected to them it's like I'm it's creating this interlinked web of of you know like this network of of people that is very very strong because there's a where I feel a lot of a lot of networking today is online digitally and when when you're traveling you're able to really really reach people in a way that is unmatchable from you know sending an email because you're seeing you're seeing them and they recommend a friend to you and then you see them as well and you know, you build a real, true, genuine network that way. And i that's been one of the most exciting parts of this trip over everything. Well, I, I'm trying to think. I mean, there's not too many that I think uh, too many uh, concepts like this or projects where the, the travel is national. I mean, you have someone like Sander Katz who travels everywhere. Um, and but it is a much different kind of uh, project practice when it is that you're getting, you're able to spread things on a different level, I would assume um, than just the, the local, uh, which are just as important local workshops, people uh, in local communities sharing things with each other, but you're able to, it sounds like you're really able to share something more um, or, or different at least. And that's, that's exciting. Um, yeah, it's, you know, I feel, I feel like we're in a really sad place right now, food wise in the United States. And it's, I mean, the industrialization of, of our food in America, how it's, how it's distributed, you know, (laughs) how the people with less money have to eat the food that's that is the last least good for them. And, you know, they don't have access to better food. It's not even something that like, how are they going to get food from a farm? And, and how is it that they're kept in the dark? And that's something that our, our government has done for ages and it gets worse and worse and worse. And this, this age of, of lies and food is just, I think, you know, it's really important to spread myself nationally because on the West coast, I feel there's a lot more food awareness and I could stay on the West coast where it's comfortable and hunky dory, but then, you know, what about, what about people in the South who, who really need someone to inspire them in in this particular way and, and speak out about, about the flaws of our food system. And I think it's, it's most important that that I'm able to get to these places where they really they really need that that inspiration and that push to speak up against it. Now, do you have kind of built in ideas for how to get that inspiration? Because I when you know the kind of fermentation on wheels and and people that are interested in, in food, I think that sounds of interest to 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 pretty much anyone that's well, obviously anyone that would be listening to a podcast like this, but also just to people that are are more interested in getting connected with their food. 
even if they're not that connected right now, but they're interested, like that would make sense. But like to, to be able to spread even farther, I mean, do you think you're going to be able to reach the people that don't even realize that they could somehow uh, find a, a local food or, or the people that don't even know to ask the question yet? Um, do you think that fermentation on wheels will be able to touch them on this first tour? Uh, well, it's very difficult, but what I'm focusing on in the South, something I'm especially focusing on is teaching youth. So I'm, I'm really trying to aim my teachings at, I'd say ages nine to 18 years old so that they can, you know, carry knowledge forward and, you know, maybe they'll bring it up to their parents, but maybe also they'll reconsider the foods that they're eating. And I think it's important to, I think it's important to teach, to teach the youth of the country because they are more sponge-like in general. I mean, I th- I think, I feel that the reactions are are very strong and especially, you know, a woman shows up on a school bus. That's pretty that's pretty different and exciting. I mean, most, most children kind of lose their minds when, when they see what I'm, I'm doing. It's like a whole other world of learning. So that's, and that's really important to me as I go forward and I'm going to work harder and harder to teach more young people who are going to be the future, you know, the future people deciding what, what the food system is going to be like and, you know, also hopefully inspiring them to get back in the kitchen, make their own food, be inspired to do it themselves rather than do what's convenient. I like that. I like focusing on, on the, uh, the younger generations. And is there a way that like, are you working with, uh, with schools or like, how do you, how do you get in uh, connected with these kids or if you haven't done it that much, like what's your plan to? Yeah, that's a good question. So recently I, well, I've always been interested in food corps. I mean, I had, I had read a lot about food corps and when I was around the time I was moving to Oregon and, uh, recently, I guess the past six months I've been following a woman, online. Her Tumblr was super interesting to me. And then I I decided to do a little deeper research on her and I discovered she, she is a food court core, uh, member in Jackson, Mississippi. And she teaches at several elementary middle, she teaches at an elementary school and a middle school in Jackson. And I was like, wow, this is this is really awesome. And I, I realized food court was working with kind of far, farm to cafeteria and the farm to cafeteria movement and also helping kids learn about growing their own food. But I thought, gosh, I should really contact this woman. And, and I did. And she immediately, you know, she responded with great enthusiasm. She's also, she's also a, fermentation enthusiast and she immediately got me hooked up with the school she works at and I'm I'm going to try to follow through with move more food court members as I move forward because I think that 
you know, they can be of a big help if we collaborate and work together, then, you know, I'll be able to do a lot more teaching, more youth teaching, because that's what they're focused on too. And even if something doesn't work out at their school, they they'll have resources for me moving forward. And I mean, hopefully, you know, I'm going to be finding more opportunities and ways to get into teaching, teaching younger people. Um, so yeah, and I'm in New Orleans, I'll be teaching at the Southern Food and Beverage Museum, which I feel there will be a lot of youth, a lot of, a lot of museums you have, you have parents with their children visiting. So that's a hope as well. More like larger educational facilities. Um, yeah. And, you know, I'm coming up with more ideas every day. It's, it's, it's a work in progress for sure. Trying to find that right audience and, you know, how to get to them, how to reach them. And you said you have a a Tumblr. I mean, will that be somewhere where you'll be sharing as you learn? I mean, these kind of things seem very uh, valuable. I mean, maybe, maybe write a book or do something else too. I mean, sharing these kind of ideas about how to connect, um, how to make these, because I'm sure there's other people out there that have knowledge about food or about fermentation. I mean, especially, you know, someone that listens to this, this podcast, I mean, uh, they may very well want to go to workshop, but they may also be like, Hey, I live in an area that doesn't have any of this kind of stuff. And the fermentation, uh, on wheels is only going to come through once uh, a year or something like that, or, or at least for a while. What, like, are you going to share what people could do locally too? Yeah, the zines are hopefully going to accomplish that on some level. Um, the way I'm I'm organizing the zines is that each region, for each region, I'll publish a zine and I'll do a shout out to people regionally who want to collaborate. And then as well as as well as having people collaborate, I'm putting together a large list of resources in the different states of how people can get more involved with their food and with fermentation as well. So that will help. Um, I don't know if a book will eventually happen out of all of this, but that would be, that would be really nice. Um, and it's something I'm, I'm definitely considering in the future for when I'm, I'm done with my first, my first circle. Well, a book, a documentary. I mean, you got all kinds of ways you could go out there and, and share the word more. Yeah. And I do, I do document pretty carefully. I try to update my Tumblr every day. I'm constantly trying to put up more recipes that I'm, I'm working on because I'm, I'm working on a ferment almost every day. Um, and yeah, it's, yeah, it would be great eventually to have, to have some, some, uh, I get help, I get support for sure, but I mean, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that more and more people will want to get involved and volunteer. It's like some, some places have been, I, I feel very spread thin. And, and then other times it's a, it's a breeze. So, you know, I go through, I, it, it fluctuates a lot for me 
when and where I can get something done. And like something I'm focusing on right now, I just uh, completely gutted the back of my bus last Friday. And um, I'm actually trying to build a workspace in the back that will have a library with lots of different books about food and fermentation. And, you know, hopefully it will be a good place for people to organize and meet when I come to town, people who, who want to help volunteer for the project and, you know, get zine ideas down. So that's, you know, that's something I'm, I'm really working hard to make so that there's a, there's a comfort zone for that kind of work. And is, is that, because I, I just saw here too, as you were saying, like volunteer help with those different kinds of things. I see a volunteer link on your uh, fermentation on wheels website. I mean, so it, it does seem like you, you, if people want to get involved, there's probably something they could do. Yes, there is. And I have listed the different ways in which people can get involved. Uh, one of them being communications and outreach. Uh, you know, this can be just like in Mississippi with Lauren Rhodes of food court. I mean, she, she reached out, she, she made these events at the schools happen, which was amazing. Um, I sometimes I'll contact edible magazines in different cities. And if they're really inspired, if they're very inspired by my project, they'll make an effort to, you know, immediately throw out, throw out an email to all of the different venues in town who might have interest. And, you know, that, that gets me, into a workshop very quickly. And, you know, I see, I see that as like support and volunteer efforts by, uh, in the method of communications and, and, and outreach, which, you know, I, I can always use help with, especially I feel like on the East coast, I'll, I'll need more help with that for sure. Um, I'm also interested in having super dedicated passionate individuals join different legs of the trip. Um, I've got, I've got space. I built a a bench that turns into a bed. And so I've got, I've got extra sleeping space for, you know, an, an individual, at least one other at a time to join on the bus and help with workshops and brainstorm, get ideas together. Hey, if there's anyone that really wants to, wants to make this something that they can do too. I mean, yeah, that's definitely a way to do it. Yeah. Get on the bus. It's exciting. Yeah. And I know it's really hard for most people to, to really like drop things and get on a bus, but I feel like even, you know, even having someone for a week can be a really beneficial thing. Exactly. You're doing the, the hard work and commitment of uh, spending this, this, year doing this and you know so someone else can reap the benefits of a week of getting to like live in the life of a person on wheels and talking fermentation it sounds pretty exciting to me yeah (laughs) It's, it's pretty exciting i think you know i think it's something i think it's something people would enjoy and i i kind of just need to be able to do that outreach ahead of time like let people know it's something before i get to them so they can they can take a week off of their regular life schedule and, and do something completely different. So, yeah. 
It's like camp for adults. Yeah. Great. Yeah. And so is there um, any last things or, or just even just where I know you mentioned a few of the things and we'll be sure to put them in the show notes too, but where should people find you online? The best place to find me online is fermentationonwheels.com. Uh, there online at, at the dot com, you can link to the Facebook, the Tumblr, the um the Instagram site. We're on all the social medias and there are lots of nice pictures and I have photographs. I, I guess I could say digital photographs. Um for your viewing pleasure and also lots of information on fermentation and the farms that we visit and what they're doing, which, which is often incredibly fascinating. And, and, you know, if you haven't visited a farm and, and gotten close to your food, I, I definitely recommend it. It will change your, your life. And I try to emphasize that and, you know, when I'm visiting these farms, kind of show off how amazing and cool their practices and methods are. And I mean, every farmer is so different from the last. I'm learning so much from place to place, how people, how people tend their gardens. It's awesome. So yeah, definitely check out the Tumblr. The Tumblr is going to keep getting more exciting. Hopefully the Facebook is extremely active too. So I know most people have Facebook liking us on Facebook is a great way to stay up to date with, with, with what we're up to. Are you on Twitter? I I saw you are, but is, is fermentation on wheels there? No, it's just me. I haven't, I don't have an official fermentation on wheels Twitter, but most of, I mean, my Twitter is pretty much representative you, of fermentation on wheels. So if you, you are fermentation on wheels right now too. So, I mean, that, that, yes, I mean, it seemed like it seemed that was the case. So, um, yeah, yeah. For the most part. So if you, if you want to follow on Twitter, then it's, it's at Tara Witsit. Um, Yeah. Exciting. Hello. Get get involved and and check out what we're up to. Well, hey, well, thanks for sharing all this and thanks for being on the show today. Yeah, thank you, Brandon. And uh, if anyone does want to find these uh, show notes, you'll find them at firmup.com slash podcast slash 51. And uh, you can find us on Twitter at firmup or Facebook at firmup. And uh, Allison will be back next week. And until then, firm up. <laughs>